Hey, hey, welcome to Carl Prairie Inside Out. I'm your host, Sean Simpson, and I am being joined here in this first segment by our Next Steps director, who is the actually the better half of the person who's normally in the seat next to me, and that would be Brian, but his better half, Kristen, is here. So welcome, Kristen. Thank you. So our Next Steps director, so tell me a little bit about what that means. Well, I, um, my time at Call Prairie, I've been here since not long after Brian got on here. And uh, at first I started out doing um, a lot of administrative stuff. And, uh, but groups has always been a part of the underlying path of everything that I do. So uh, just bringing organization into small groups and helping people to take those next steps and really getting um, us as those attend Call Prairie intentional about next steps in either serving or small groups um, or next step classes, whatever that looks like is just creating that bridge between being an attender um, and being a fan. So the idea is that if someone shows up at Carberry for the first time on you know any any given weekend or weekday or whatever, the one of the people that we would probably try to put them in touch with pretty quickly would be you. Yes, I am your first step to everything at Call Prairie, essentially. So um, on Sunday mornings, uh, you will see me kind of um, around the info center area, front doors. Um, I am the first place that you will come to. Uh, along with my team, who does an excellent job on Sunday mornings with greeting, uh, kids check-in, um, and the info center, really creating those uh, fantastic experiences for both the regular attender and the first-time guest. Yeah, so y- you have a thing where, um, I love a little sound bites. Engineers are not good at dealing with customers. So see, <laughs> that's me. I'm the engineer, right. and, and this is you. I have people skills. So there you yes. go. You have people skills, so that's yes. why that's why we ask. What would you say you do here? So there you go. Yes. I have to always try to work in at least uh, three sound bites from the office. No, yeah, office I love space, people. Sorry. I love the con- I love connecting people to one another, and I love connecting people to God. So that's really um, my passion. And um, you know, Pastor Dan and I talk a lot about just connecting people together and connecting people to God, and what that actually looks like in real steps at Call Prairie. Yeah, because you know, the, the it, it might be hard for someone who hasn't been around the church on the the inner workings. To, to recognize that, you know, on Sunday, we have a large gathering of people here and everybody comes and hears the music and everybody comes and hears the message. Mm-hmm. But throughout the week um, and on weekends and on Sunday afternoons and at various times throughout the week, we have big opportunities for people to to grow deeper. It's not about coming on Sunday. It's really right. Sunday's kind of the culmination for the whole for the for the big group, the church as a whole. Yeah, I feel like Sunday, if you're a regular attender, especially if you're a regular attender at Call Prairie, I would um, maybe this is my challenge to you, but I would really challenge you to that is your time to bring the guest. That is how um, that is kind of like their first introduction into Call Prairie. Um, and then out of that, we create small groups and we have close to 30 small groups that meet uh, all through, during the week, um, all during the month. Um, 
a lot of them will take summers off and then we're getting ready to relaunch into those small groups uh, during the end of August, first of September. That's kind of when we relaunch our small groups. But just even beyond that, we have basketball, we have soccer that meets here. Um, Saturdays are a super busy day at Call Prairie. If you drive by, you'll see parking lot. The parking lot is full of cars. And I'm always like, what's going on at Call Prairie? Um, and it's usually like basketball or soccer or taekwondo or Zumba uh, meets here. Yoga. We have yoga that does uh, stuff on Thursday night. So we have so much to get involved with that I don't think people really realize. Even if you've been coming here since the beginning, we're constantly adding new things. So let's break it down from a from a specific uh, standpoint of when if you want to get involved in a next step beyond just Sunday worship, what is sort of a very first thing you might advise? You know, somebody mm-hmm. comes out there and says, "Hey, this is my first time at Car Prairie, but I really liked it." Yeah. What can I? What can you do to help plug me in? Well, um, obviously, small groups are always a great first step, but um, they can be a little daunting. to new people uh wow that's a big commitment you know i don't know well and just for the sake of uh, of of nomenclature let's let's talk about what a small group mm -hmm. what that really means because that's that's a little different than say coming to yoga class or coming to zumba class so here at call prairie we have actually we have a couple different types of group and so we kind of break them down into types so we have your married groups and some of them have kids some of them do not have kids Um, and, uh, then we have our men's groups and then we have our women's groups. So that, those are the three types that we kind of break them down into. And then it goes, it goes kind of to a different level of, um, some of them are long-term groups, which we call our community groups. So like, for example, Brian and I lead a group and it's a family group with school aged kids because that's where we're at. Right. And so, um, we meet every other Saturday evening. And we just get together and we're getting ready to start intentional parenting book and kind of go through that a little bit. But we're kind of a mix mixture. And so it doesn't our group is a community group. We we're gonna meet probably for the next eighteen months to two years. But then um you know, Brian also does a breakfast club group once a month with men and that only meets, you know, maybe four months at a time and then they'll take a break so those are the short-term groups so those will be more your interest groups like your yoga and your zumba and things they only meet for a certain segment period of time before they take a break or they don't meet all together and they go on to something else and what do what happens in a small group? like say your community small group do you do a bible study or mm-hmm. you do a some sort of study in general or is it is there a significant social component, just a sort of friendship circle? There's very, very, it's all of the above. Um, it really is what is the needs of your group. And so I tell my group leaders all the time, really, really be group sensitive. So what are the needs of your group? If I have a group of women and most of them are single and divorced, obviously I'm not going to do a book on how to have a great marriage. Right. So that those are different needs. Um, if I have a group of women or a group of uh, uh, families that, you know, there's several in there that maybe they're struggling with infertility, probably a parenting um, book is not going to be a smart choice. So be very group sensitive um, to what you study, but it is about the social aspects. 
this summer we we took a break from our regular schedule program you might want to say and we just did fun activities like we met at the park one sunday um just our families all got together and so it's doing life together yeah that's that's really good language the uh, doing life together because i think that probably encapsulates most of most of what we see with with groups uh, whether they're interest groups or whether they're community groups or individual or, or families coming together so my question would be, which comes first, the chicken or mm-hmm. the egg? Which comes first, a group of people who have a need mm-hmm. to that, that, you know, maybe there's this family, there's that family, there's another family that all three have a specific uh, thing in common. Yeah. Which comes first, uh, them coming together and coming to you and saying, we would like to form a group or you seeing all of them and saying, you need to form a group. And then how does, a, how do you establish yeah someone who's going to lead how do you get someone to take that over to lead well we do a little bit of everything um there are some groups that i have formed just out of um, for example our next step class uh this last semester we did financial peace university and uh the group that brian and i led were uh, a group of younger couples some of them were married some of them were not and i saw the opportunity there and this is part of my role as a staff member um, here is just is to see those opportunities of saying, you know what, they would make a great group together and connecting them and helping them to build that relationship together and then them launching a group out of that. And it's more about the group leader is more about the facilitator than it is like, oh, this person is in charge. Right. It's more of the point person. They're the ones that I go to them and they come to me when they have needs. But everybody's a leader in the group, and it's more about facilitating those conversations. But then our on-ramp that we have twice a year is called Group Link, and that is going to happen August 28th of this month, and we're doing it a little bit differently than we've done it the last couple of times, and we're going to have it in between the two services. So that way I'm hoping, um, you know, just as a side note, we have on average five to eight guests per service every Sunday. So my hope and my desire is that we can even help to bring those guests, um, sending out an email invitations to them over the last couple of months that they've been here, to getting them to come together and to possibly start a group or to get in a serving group where those are more about serving on Sundays um, in a Sunday morning um, service. Yeah, and, and just to clarify, I mean, it, it, it's probably a very rare individual that shows up once and says, okay, plug me in. Right, yeah. It, it's a it's it's a process. It's a it is. it's a situation where you have to create a, a a simple pathway for someone to say, okay, I want to take the next step, mm-hmm. and then that's what you're there for is to yeah. help them identify what that next step is. Most of the time, people don't come to church um, anywhere. I would venture to say, and uh, come to church Sunday morning. And just want to plug right in that those are your few and far between people. I mean, people want to fill things out. They want to see a lot of times here, especially um, our culture that we have here. What I'm finding is that I have the parents that come first. And then if they like it and they feel, you know, this is kind of cool. They'll bring their kids back the second week or the third week. Right. So you have a you have a situation of. Um, which is is really positive for the church is you have that situation of people come for the worship service. People come for any number of things that the church offers. And then we just want to provide a place for them to get to grow Mm -hmm. outside of the, outside of the Sunday worship service. Yeah. Now group link coming up on, on the 28th Mm -hmm. is uh, that that's a, that's not a, 
register, sign up, no, um, commit up. to anything. It's just show up and hear about yeah. what you're going to be the doing. The three things that you'll hear me say over and over in these kind of atmospheres when I'm when I'm leading these things is you'll hear me say, show up, join in, and be real. And those are the things that I tell the group leaders all the time. Just show up, join in, and be real. And so that's what I'm asking you to do as the, uh, the regular attenders at Call Prairie and those that maybe this is a new um, adventure for you and your family is just show up, join in and be real and just see what happens. See what happens in that next step um, and see see what kind of group you can find. And beyond uh, beyond what's happening on the 28th, we have mm-hmm. the new um I don't know if you, do you, would you call it a class, the next steps class that's yeah. coming? Yeah, next step classes are fun. They, um, we, we started this as kind of, I guess they used to do Monday Night Live is what it used to be called for those that uh, are regular Call Prairie longstanding attenders. Um, but then they kind of took a break and for a couple years they didn't do them. And so Dan, um, Pastor Dan and I kind of went into a, a think tank, if you might call mm-hmm. it, um, this last year, at the end of last year. And we're like, how can we get people to take those next steps? Because we can say, hey, you need to take a next step. But if we don't provide opportunities for people to take next steps, then really we're not, we're not doing anybody a service. So we started uh, Next Step classes. So last year, uh, at the beginning of the year, our winter s- session, we had Financial Peace, Alpha, um, and those were really well attended. We're actually getting ready to launch those again in September that you will have the opportunity to sign up for them at um, the group link, August 28th. We're going to have Alpha again. Um, and then we'll also have a new one called C- Covered Bridges, and that's going to be about how to journal and how to walk through the book of Psalms. And um, I'm a big journaling, doodling person. So that one kind of spoke to me. Sure. <laughs> so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about those. Yeah. And Alpha is a, uh, as the name would imply, it's a, it's a very yes. much first step Christianity 101 kind of, it's, I think it's couched around the idea of if you could ask God questions, what would they be? Yeah. Yeah. It's a great, it's a great um, time. And out of what I have found out of Alpha. So if, those people that are kind of on the fence of like, I don't know if I want to commit to a group yet. I would say go to Alpha because Alpha is going to be a great time for you're put into groups of people around a circle. You know, I always say circles are greater than rows um, around a circle table. And you will walk every week with the the same group of people through each study, through each uh, conversation. So by the time that you end it, most likely you're going to have built a relationship with these people that a small group is almost going to naturally be the next step that you're going to want to take together. And that's really, that's the key to the whole thing right there. Yeah. there there's your language and, and the, the capstone of the whole, the whole premise is build relationships. You, we come here to build relationships with, with God, but we, in order to do that, we really need to build relationships with, with each other. So that, yeah. because together we can, was yeah. it together, everyone achieves more. Right? Absolutely. Yes. Everybody achieves more. And in order to grow spiritually, you really have to be connected relationally. Um, you know, we can say we believe in God, but if we're not connected relationally either to each other or to him, then we're only going to get so far. That belief is only going to get us um, so far down the road. We really have to be connected relationally. 
All right. Well, Kristen, so we've got August 28th. We've yes. got Group Link. Yes. What time? It's going to be from 10 to 1045. So it's right smack dab in the middle of the first service and the second service. And okay. it will be up in the youth room. Up in the youth room. And people can expect it to be informational. Yeah. Very, very informational. Every single area of serve serving um, available at the church um, will be available there. So even like KP Kids, Wild, um, Ushering, uh, Greeters, Check-In, Info Center, everything. Set up, tear down, everything will be available. So you can get more information. You can actually speak to the, some of the leaders that will be there. And then we'll also have sm- available um, small groups that are open right now. So we'll have... Uh, lots of stuff. Lots of opportunities there. Lots and then coming in September... We're starting Alpha. You're yeah. starting Next Steps classes. Yeah. Uh, we've got the ongoing uh, basketball and mm-hmm. sports things and yeah. various sort of just show yeah, up. Women's groups events. that'll be relaunching. Like I know one of our women's groups on Tuesday morning, they're launching uh, the Daniel series with Beth Moore. So lots and lots of stuff starting in September. So this is going to be a great opportunity for you to get connected. All right. Well, Kristen Thompson, our Thank director you. of... Next Steps, next or Next Steps, steps Director. Um, yeah. Thank you so much Either for... Either way you uh, say it, it's still the same thing. <laughs> well, thanks so much for coming <laughs> in and talking to me. All right, thank you a lot. Hey, hey, welcome back to uh, Call Prairie Inside Out. I'm Sean Simpson, and uh, I'm joined now with the other half of the Thompson Twins, Okay, they're not really twins, but uh, that would be disturbing. That would be disturbing. But Kristen and Brian Thompson, two uh, faithful servants of Call Prairie Community Church. Brian serving, of course, as our worship leader and my good friend and co-host here of Call Prairie Inside Out. What's up, everybody? And Kristen, who, as we just found out, is the director of Next Steps or Next Steps director, whichever way you want to say it. And uh, so Kristen shared with us a lot about what how we try to grow the life of a church. It's not just about growing worship numbers and it's not just about growing uh, attendance. It's about growing yeah. people's connection. Yes. That's, so that's so, a big, important thing, I think. Interesting point about connection is that uh, I had a connection with uh, with Chris last week. So some people out there are wondering, like, hey, why didn't we get a podcast last week? Well, we recorded one. Sean was out. And so I don't know what I'm doing. So Chris and I are back behind the board. We're trying to we're trying to publish something. And it was pretty good, too. Uh, we were we were talking about some things. It never went live. Uh, I never even got a chance to listen to it. So <laughs> I, I owe him. I owe him. Um, Hopefully, I didn't break a bad, make a bad connection with him. Then, so well, you know, I'm sure the conversation was uh, was eminently stimulating. And as soon as we can locate files and whatnot, we will see if we can get that cut together and get it put up. Because I'm sure that Pastor Chris had something to say, and you were in the process of preparing for your sermon on on uh, sloth. Correct. Which, which <laughs> maybe that's God's way of saying nobody needs to hear this. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I don't think so. I, I think it's probably just one of those things where uh, sitting behind a sitting behind a piece of equipment and pushing buttons and, and making things work. That's that's my gifting. It's yes. what I'm good at uh, dealing with people. Uh, you know what? I played it a little earlier. So here we go again. I got to engineers are not good at dealing with customers. Ah. So there you go. That's me. I'm an engineer. 
But uh, right. but for people like you, I have people skills. See, okay, so I've got to use those drops twice now. Today. Clearly, you have not known me very long. <laughs> no <laughs> well, people skills here. You have good people skills. Chris has good people skills. Kristen has good people skills. That's it's great that you guys are here. And Dan let, has good people skills. Of course, Dan does. Yeah. yeah, that's a given. That's a given. But of course, it's really nice that you guys let me uh, let me sit around here and play with all the toys. So that's the good part. So You're good I, enough with a microphone that people think that you have people skills, and that's sometimes a good thing. <laughs> Well, I just, you know, I could fool them because, uh, you know, you put if you put three people in front of me, I wouldn't be able to speak. But uh, sitting here behind a microphone with nobody except you, I'm OK. So, hey, I wanted to uh, we got a little bit of a topic today that, you know, first of all, I want to I want to preface this with saying that this is not a political discussion. This is not uh, this is not an endorsement or anti endorsement of a of a candidate. Uh, this is nothing other than something I saw come across my Facebook page. And of course it deals with politics because that's what's going on right yeah. now. But it came across my Facebook page and it made me start thinking about something. And that's kind of what I want to get into with you. And it's, uh, it's an interview between it's a, it's a town hall actually that was hosted by, uh, with Chris Matthews yeah. from, uh, uh, Oh my gosh, where's he from? MSNBC. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Um, Sorry, I, I went blank there no, for a I, second. No, it's easy to get lost. Yeah, and those guys move around, too. Yeah. So Chris Matthews from MSNBC hosting this town hall with uh, the Republican presidential candidate Donald Trump. Right. And, in, and Trump has a tendency to kind of, um, he's always been like this, whether you're talking about The Apprentice or you're talking about his presidential campaign. He basically tries to bulldoze conversations. That's, that's sort of his tactic. What? No. No. What? So he bulldozes the conversations a little bit, and he tends to sort of throw things out there, throw them at you, and hope that you just kind of duck away from it and right. let him run over it. And Chris Matthews wasn't doing that. Chris Matthews stood his ground. And I don't typically yeah. agree with a lot of Chris Matthews. Uh, he's, he's, very, he's a very liberal um, leftist type, sure. And I'm I'm not. I'm I'm very much a. But you always know I'm where he stands. You know exactly yeah. where he stands. Right. But he's I was, consistent. I listened to this conversation. I actually thought to myself, okay, yeah, that that makes some sense. So I'm going to play you a little clip here. So it is uh, Donald Trump and Chris Matthews in a bit of a heated conversation. So I'm just going to play this really quick. Are you Catholic? Yes, I think I. I and how do you feel about the Catholic Church's well, position? I accept the teaching authority of my church on moral issues. But do you know their position on abortion? Yes, I do. And do you concur with that position? I concur with their moral position, but legally, I, know, I get but, to the but, question. Here's my problem. No, with no, it. no, but let me ask you. But what do you say about? It's not funny. Your church? Yeah, it's really not a funny thing. What do you say about your church? They're very, very strong. They're a lot. But the churches make their moral judgments. But you, running for president of the United States, will be chief executive of the United States. Do you believe no, but, in? But you're, do you believe in punishment for? Abortion, yes or no, is a principle. Uh, the answer is that. Okay, so I cut it off there because honestly, he doesn't actually he doesn't actually say anything. Um, but you know what? Right. What struck me in that conversation was uh, okay. First of all, I I have a position on on abortion right. on on a lot of different topics. I, I right. find the practice horrifying personally. Right. This is one of those. And we, we should also. Pre preface some of this by saying too that that uh, the, uh, while this is a church podcast and, and and we're talking about some of these things, uh, we, generally most of us here are, are pretty independent. We're pretty moderate, yeah. and so we we're, we're just going to kind of talk through talk through you know some of these. You you explain that better sure. than I am, but yeah, I mean basically just understand. You're whenever I speak and I say my opinions, I'm speaking my opinions, not not Brian's and not Call Prairie Community Church. It's always not Pastor Dan Dan's opinions, but I'm just kidding. No, <laughs> well, well, when Pastor Dan sits and gives his opinion, we can take his opinion as his and the church's. Right. For me, that is not the case. For me, sure. uh, 
you know, I, I can have an opinion. You can have an opinion. That's what makes this country great. That's what makes this church great yeah. is that we can disagree on something and we can have a friendly discourse on it. And we're pretty well balanced as a church, too. I think that's really that's something really neat about Copperaries. You kind of have people on both sides that even each other out. So that's yeah, nice. it really it really yeah. is. And the important thing is that we're able to talk about this stuff. So what I was saying is that I have I have a position on it. OK, right. and it's my personal position. I find the practice abhorrent. I mm-hmm. find the 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 practice of especially late term abortion to be barbaric and I wish it didn't exist. I wish it was something sure. that had never come to our planet for someone to say this is a this is a thing we should do. Right. But it, it it's not. That's not yeah. the case. I don't feel like it's biblical. Okay? Mm-hmm. I now did Jesus speak about abortion? No, of course he didn't. But they did speak about the sanctity of life. And mm-hmm. and but my position honestly it doesn't even come necessarily from the Bible. It comes from the uh the thing we used to uh uh, a former pastor of my, a former pastor, a pastor that I know, I used to be around a lot, said, used to say that it's uh, discernment by nausea. Mm-hmm. That sometimes the thing that, sometimes the thing that makes you most scared and most uh, nauseated right. is the thing you need to run to. Right. But other times the thing that's making you nauseous is the thing that, the reason it's doing that is because it's hurting your soul. Right. And that's how I feel about it. Now, mm-hmm. all of that, to, all that said, this is one of those things that's a political hot potato. Yeah, of course. Abortion, Roe v. Wade, the right. Supreme Court. The, there's a whole political football going on there. And the uh, the key to it is, though, listening to that conversation, what you hear is you hear uh, this was a question asked of, do you believe that a woman should be punished if she has an abortion? And the two go off on a, a little bit of a thing. And Chris Matthews' response is one that I think that a lot of us, we miss. We don't get it right. He says, and, and I agree with him, he says... I respect and I accept the moral position of my church. He's a Catholic, right? Which the Catholics are anti-contraception, anti-abortion, you know, a, a lot of different things. Right. And he said, I expect that respect their moral authority. But what he is emphatic about is, it's not the church's job to dictate what goes on in the law, just like it's not the law's. Mm-hmm place to dictate what goes on in the church yeah and i think that we forget that Mm -hmm. i think that we forget i personally have forgotten that i have thought to myself man i wish they would just ban this practice Mm -hmm. i wish they would just overturn roe v wade i wish that they would just make this something that's illegal and let's figure out a way to move forward as a country but then again i go i can i can i force my moral Mm -hmm. thoughts into law, you know, I, I think that's a good point. I th- I think um, I, I think where, where my my position comes from, and it's a, and it's a little and 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 it, this is an incredibly, I mean, like some of the other stuff we've talked about, that's a little hot button. This is incredibly nuanced. This is very uh, there, there's a lot of gray areas in this, and you don't think there should be, like because. I, I, what I've found is that most people, regardless of if they're on the right or the left, regardless if they're pro-choice or, or, or uh, pro-life or, or how any of that works, most people would, would agree that to do that is, is a barbaric thing to do. If to just do that when there's no threat to the mother, when there's no threat, to, it's a terrible thing to do. And, and even when, when, some, when a mother's life is in the balance and they, and, and they are faced with a choice where they, where they, they have to go through this process. And that is the case sometimes. They wish to God they didn't have to. Yeah. And and there's and and the kind of the story where you know where where we went through it without getting too personal, but we um when 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 Kristen was twenty weeks pregnant and back in two thousand four, 
Um, she actually, we, we lost a, a baby and he died in, he died in, in the womb. And, um, it was a, she had had a, a particular partial molar pregnancy and, and they had to perform a DNC, which is an abortion. Mm-hmm. They had to go through and they had to remove the baby. And, and it was one of those things that, um, if they, if they didn't do it, her life was threatened. And, right. and it was suddenly that began to change how I saw some of the, gray areas in that. And what I began to realize is that, um, there are those, there's, there are those, there are those, those, those things that happen that are so unfortunate that we hate that cause those moral gray areas where we're like, well, how do I really feel about this? And this is really, this is really difficult to do. But, um, because of that, I can understand why there are legal laws out there to protect women's rights for that. And I, and, and also I, I, I think too, what your whole, uh, as you talked about, you know, the, and this speaks to the point where should my faith and should my beliefs as a Christian, should that dictate how the law of the land works? And, you know, what we see is if you go back through history, that was often the case. And like, you know, for for years, the the church ruled for centuries. The the Catholic Church ruled how the government was was run. I mean, kings and queens. I mean, if you ever watch like the Tudors and and learn the stuff about you know the Borgias, and I probably tor- horribly mispronounced that. It's a series on Netflix. But if you if you check out like the Tudors and you, you learn more about Henry Tudor and and how he how he ran those things. Even those things that he fought and eventually became you know the the head of the Episcopal Church because of things we won't get into right now, right. but, but basic, we're, we're all here today because of that. Um, but him, uh, but because when, when he, when he did those things, he had to go through the, the, the church in order to approve things in order to make things right. And so, um, and then also several countries right now in the world are basically theocratic countries. They're run right. based on the Quran and how, how that interprets things. And there, there are places that, that function that, that way. And, what we see is that that if if we had that in our government and and it was everything was that outlawed pretty much anybody's interpretation at the moment of what the bible said of something could mean stoning children to death or it could mean you know do, i mean if people literally followed the word for word for word so it does get a tricky this this becomes a tricky thing to talk about and uh i mean i've i've gone way too long on it but it's um I, I, th- I think that's my way of saying that. I, th- I think there's a separation of church and state there. That's probably a good thing for that reason. Yeah, the the, the it, it, it it works both ways. It's a uh, I've always felt like there was as much a protection, uh, you know, a protection of the of religion from government as there yeah. is a of government from religion. Absolutely. Um, because, but you know, it, it comes down to the thing of where do we get our morals from? Where do we where do we get our our moral compass from? Um, for instance, at what point? was it that you shouldn't kill somebody mm-hmm. when did it become illegal to kill somebody when did it become illegal to steal from someone now i'm not those things didn't necessarily originate in the bible but they are enumerated right, right? and it's so i think it's important to 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 set the, the what is the difference between the things that i find i personally or or you personally or we as a group and yeah. you have to mention how much i dislike group think right but we collectively as a church find something to be completely deplorable mm-hmm. but at the same time 
is it one of those things that we can we can justifiably say okay this can't be happening for anybody who even if they don't share our beliefs mm-hmm. some things we have that have been established that murder yeah. has been established that you don't have to be a, a church going christian or any religion you could be completely atheist yeah and and still understand and still have a a morality about you that says mm-hmm. uh you know what taking someone's life not a good idea. Yeah. Not going to do that. So that's where I, I, I go. Are we there with with this topic? Um, are we there yeah. with any topic? It could be this. It could be immigration. It could mm-hmm. be uh, social justice. Mm-hmm. It could be anything of, I feel like I am justified with this passage out of the Bible. Someone else feels like they're justified with another. Someone else feels like they're right. justified because it's the human experience. Right. Is any of that, does any of that need to be law or is it just yeah. that we as individuals need to be holding ourselves more accountable I think this this gets into a lot of very philosophical discussions on what is morality and is morality and does it does it equal religion does morality equal faith well, I, th- I think we can you know we can all agree that there are a lot of gray areas where that doesn't always make sense where so the way the way that I heard it you know said one time and the way the way that I've read it before is you know if um, if if you know, God, if God told, if God told you to kill someone, um, which we see in the Bible sometimes in the Old Testament and things where, you know, go take this person's life and their entire family. And, and uh, does that suddenly make that moral or is that just a command? And then there's morality things. And these are uncomfortable to talk about. These are uncomfortable things to, to mention. Um, but I think it's important, too, that we understand, like, when we read the Bible, and I think Pastor Dan does a good job of kind of explaining this, the Bible, when we talk about, you know, you know, I get my morals from the Bible, well, we have to understand first, the, the Bible didn't fall out of the sky. You know, when we, when we begin to look at how it was written and how it came together, it's, it's that there's truth in it. Like, we, and we see truth from stories, but, but there are people ultimately who were flawed and who made flawed decisions and even sometimes blamed it on God. Um, I think we see our best we see our best example of what God is like through Jesus. And we see our best life. This is, this is, this describes how God is. And this is, this is how, this is what God is like. And I think what we begin to see from, especially from, from, from Jesus and, 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 and people in other faiths, they may have their moral guideposts of what they go through. But I think, you know, for us, as we, as we see how Jesus lived and as we see how he taught, um, it made sense of, you know, why we shouldn't covet, you know, something from somebody else. It made sense. You know, th- this is, this is not a standard for a good life. And, um, and I think really what, when it comes down to morality and when it comes down to ethics and morals, it is all about, you know, it's all about, you know, is what this is doing, is it causing suffering to someone else? And is it causing suffering to society? And I think that's where issues like abortion and all that are so complex because, Obviously, what where does life begin, and how do, how do we how do we begin to make that call? Yeah. I decided to get really controversial, I guess. No, so. you know, I think you could take the same. I mean, we could philosophically we could debate yeah. any just about any topic, and and arrive at something that says, okay, this is biblically this is what was said, right? And and this is how we've been living it out, and find out that we've been living it completely wrong. Of course. Um, I mean, philosophically, it's it you know it's right in the Bible to not eat shellfish, but you know right. who, who doesn't love lobster? And it's a you know it, it's it's a sinful a sinful act. Yeah. 
It's a forbidden, you know, yeah. forbidden food. And what, how many cottons and fibers are you wearing there, Sean? Like, if you're wearing more, two mixed ones, it's not okay. Yeah, exactly. So, right. so there. But, but you know, and of course, it's <laughs> it, it comes a little tongue in cheek to go, okay, well, eating lobster or or mixing fabrics uh, suddenly becomes you know equal equal to taking the life of an unborn child. Mm-hmm. I can find it aboard, but this is where yeah. I sort of myself have to have to sort of look beyond that and say, where would Jesus be? Would Jesus be mm. yelling from the rooftops that this needs to be illegal, or would he be saying, no, you need to be loving the people who find the necessity yeah. to seek this out? And mm. is it better to have it available and healthy, not healthy, but available yeah. and safe for a person as opposed to having it be something that's done in the back Because that's oh, another, ar- yeah. that's, that's the big argument that gets made with this particular topic. And Chris Matthews actually makes it in different, in, in context of this argument right. that they're having is he says, if, you know, if you want to punish yeah. mothers and, and outlaw, yeah. ban abortion, then it's just going to start being performed in back alleys by guys who flunk out of medical yeah, that's school. Yeah, that's exactly right. And it's not going to stop people from, from doing it. Um, and so... And I think too, uh, adding on to that, it's it's. Um, oh my gosh, I was going somewhere with this. I hate, and now I'm on the air. I can't remember what I was going to say with that. <laughs> it was good too. My well, gosh. Well, okay. Well, let me let me just let me redirect here just to, for a second. Sure. And one of the things this is you know I like to look at things that people might uh, might might pursue. And this is it was kind of an eye opening book. I haven't, I didn't read it. I mean, I read it years ago and uh, and have kind of forgotten about it. But I think I'm going to go back and read it again. It's Freakonomics. Oh, yeah. It's a great um, book. Uh, Stephen Dubner, Dubner and, and Levitt. Levitt, yeah. And, um, you know, so it's a journalist and an economist. Yeah. Put this book together. And it... Numbers don't lie. Yeah. And it, it really yeah. has an interesting thing. You know, they, they kind of break down the... And in some of the cases, they break down the effect of abortion on the society, not in the mm-hmm. necessarily the, oh, my gosh, this barbaric act that right. makes that makes me nauseous. Right. But what has it done in terms of not producing, uh, not producing children into into poverty? Yeah. That then continue a cycle of poverty, maybe helping some people get out of poverty. You know, it's it, it's it's a pretty important, I think, a pretty well, important book. Something definitely worth the read. I, I remember this, uh, and this, you'll disagree with a lot. <laughs> it'll no, turn no, your yeah, stomach. Yeah, no, some, some of, what they some of say. it does, and and but but they're just giving the facts, and they're just giving this is what happened, and this is what happens in this country, and this is what happens at this particular place. Um, there's a couple of things. One, uh, it reminds me of this uh, this old George Carlin routine, and I won't repeat it ad nauseum uh, <laughs> for uh, various reasons, but. He uh, he's talking about this issue and, and he, he's like, you know, uh, he's like, you know, pe- people, you know, who, who try to outlaw this. He says they're all about the unborn. But once you're born, you're on your own. Like, you know, yeah, it's, it's kind of I I can totally see that. Like, I, I can see why, you know, that's and is that is, is that help? This gets into really moral gray area stuff. But, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think it, it's incredibly what. um I remember now what I was going to say, and this was something that's kind of on, on this topic of things. And, and I think this is kind of where we're going with this is what should our attitudes be? Like how, like, what can we, as people who have moral standards, and I'm not even just saying as people who are Christ followers or whatever, but as people who are trying to make moral and ethical decisions for what, you know, does relieve suffering in the world, because that's ultimately what being Christ follower is, is somebody who is an agent of peace that goes into a world that's broken and hurting and that tries to make that better. That's why Jesus commands us over and over again to, um, you know, to, to feed the hungry and to clothe the naked and to, to take care of the orphans and the widows. And I, this definitely falls into that category. And 
what I have, I can't remember the organization. It was a nonprofit organization that was a, it was a faith-based group that what they began to do is they began to go, uh, and instead of like picketing abortion clinics or anything, they set up a van that had like a, you know, a, um, it had a, um, a sonogram machine or an ultrasound machine. And, you know, they had, they had a, they had, they hired a, a, a doctor to, to be there with them. And when women would go into an abortion clinic, if they'd go into a Planned Parenthood, they would be outside and, and before they walked in, they would say, hey, do you have just a moment? Uh, would, would, you, would you be interested in just making sure that the baby is okay right now? And then we have some other options. If, you, if you're interested, we don't wanna pressure you. It's, you do what you need to do, but we, but we have some other options available that if you, if you are having a hard time with this, there are things we can do to help. And we have people that we can call right now that can help with that. And they had organizations that would help them with adoption agencies and that would help them, you know, if they decided they did want to try to raise this child, that would help them give them tools and resources and classes. And they and and, and they took this no pressure atmosphere, but yet they were there. They made a presence there. And I thought that's to me, that is more the love of Christ. And that is more just being being there for somebody who and, and also they would tell people like, you know, hey, if, if you if you 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 ultimately have to make the call for what you want to do and what you feel like you need to do. But just know that we're here. And if you need to talk before or after or whatever, we're here for you. And for me, that was a very Christ like attitude that they weren't there to judge these people. They were there to provide options and help. And that was just where they met them at. Yeah, it's it, go out and meet them where they are is, mm. a, is an important thing. And I hearing about that type of thing, it on the on the surface it makes me go yeah yeah all right but on the flip side i'm kind yeah. of envisioning that happening in the real world and seeing mm-hmm. the the potential for abuse within a system like that mm-hmm. and so that that always gives me pause about that kind of thing but still i mean that can be a wonderful wonderful environment yeah. and something just to just to point out as we kind of wrap this up because we've I think we've probably, <laughs> I, I think we've probably hammered beyond our expertise on this. Um, and, you know, and we're not, we're talking about moral moral issues at yeah. large here. I think. Yeah, and just, we're kind of yeah. using one in you know yeah. we're we're using the the abortion debate as a as a stepping stone. But you know, one thing I just want to want to throw out there, and this is, I'm I'm out over my skis on the topic, yeah. but um, there are other people who aren't. There are other people here in this church who are who would not be unqualified so to speak mm-hmm. to to help in this situation right. so i definitely want to encourage if there's anybody who's yeah. listening to this that knows someone or if it's them um we we have got a great pastoral service yeah. and our pastors um everything things can are completely confidential yeah. you can talk to our pastors completely yeah. confidentially and our pastors can help get you in touch with someone if you're if you're in this situation or you know someone that's in this situation um, it doesn't matter if they're a call prairie yeah. person or mm-hmm. if you're a call prairie person, um, reach out, give us a call. Um, and we want to put you in touch with people. You can actually go to our, uh, to our website or download the app Yeah, and you can put in a prayer request and you can ask for it. Callprairie.org is our website. Callprairie.org. Yes. Uh, you can also download the app at, uh, on your app store. It doesn't require any kind of login or anything. And you could submit a prayer request, an anonymous prayer request. We don't ask for any information from you mm-hmm. for a prayer request. If there's someone that you would like to have our pastors reach out to right send that information in on a prayer request and we will yeah. be happy to put our pastors in touch with them not as a we're not going to go proselytize no. to them we want to pray for them and we yeah. want to make sure that they get the help that they need because 
And uh, you can also write us at podcast at callprairie.org and just put in the subject line, uh, I need prayer or a friend who needs prayer. And yes, yes absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can certainly send that to uh, send that to us. Um, and just the, the, the good thing about it going to prayer requests is it goes straight to our prayer team. Yes. Um, our, our prayer minister here, yeah. as opposed to through the tech guy being yeah. me. But the but the important thing is, you know, where I might find the practice um, awful. Yeah. I recognize that it's a situation that I haven't had to live in. Yeah. Um, much like when we were talking about um, Black Lives Matter and, and I kind of said, no, yeah. your life matters. Well, I understand also that I'm not I'm not an African-American yeah teenager i'm not in the same position that, that they are i don't have the same feelings i recognize that when it comes to this debate i'm going to have a set of feelings that are a completely based on a completely different experience set yeah. than someone else and that's where we i think as christians need to step back and recognize that yeah. it's our job to love on the person mm-hmm. and make sure that they're safe and they're healthy instead of condemning it, it is and and you know this is a this is a this is america and 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 you should certainly you certainly have the freedom to speak what's on your mind and and you have the freedom to express your opinions everybody out there um one, one thing i will point out is you know sean and i have tried we've tried uh, i think pretty pretty well to because these are not easy issues to talk about and they are a lot more complex than we have time to discuss here and neither one of us are experts on uh, women's health or men's health or anything like that. Um, we just, we, we, on anything, um, I can play guitar. I'm hardly an expert on that either, but, um, the, the, um, you know, we've tried to take kind of a balanced look at this and we've presented kind of two different sides to it. And, um, you know, not really, I mean, I mean, we've, we've, we've expressed that, you know, neither one of us personally like this practice and, and, or agree with this practice. And I'm sure a lot of you would agree with that as well, regardless of what side of it you're on. Um, we'd love to hear your, 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 uh, your feedback on it. Feel free to, um, you know, this is going to be up on Facebook later. Uh, you can follow us on, on our Facebook page, just search for Caw Prairie Community Church. Uh, but you can also uh, email us at podcast at org If you'd like us to read it, just let us know in the subject line, just, just, just write, uh, morality, morality podcast. And, uh, we will, you know, we'd love to, we'd love to kind of just have a friendly conversation about that and, and we'd love to just hear your thoughts yeah and ultimately this is going to be an ongoing not this particular yeah. topic necessarily but this is an ongoing thing because this is this ultimately to me is the is the crux of christianity in, yeah. in the world is is taking what we're taught as christians mm-hmm. and putting it to to putting it to work in yeah. the world and that yeah. and that to me that has a certain shape to it to other people it has a different shape and yeah. I don't think that it's mutually exclusive. It's just a matter of mm-hmm. let's just put it all out there and give people who are on the fence an opportunity yeah. to find a shape that works for them. That's right. And ultimately, we're here. And if you're out there, I mean, some some of you may be out there, and maybe you've had maybe you've had to make this decision. Maybe you maybe you've not, maybe you've made this decision, and maybe it was it, you felt it was what you you had to do. You you needed to go through, and uh, you know maybe you've not been, but maybe you know somebody who is. Um, we're here just like, just like Sean said, you know, any of us are here at any point in time, you can call and talk to our, uh, our pastoral team, our pastoral care director. And, uh, we'd love to pray with you. We're here. We're not here to judge you. We're not here to judge anybody else. Uh, honestly, we're here as a place for people to heal and no matter what they've been through, no matter what they've gone through, no matter what side of anything that you're on, uh, we just, we just want to get to know you and help you and, and be there for you. So. Yep. So that's going to do it for today. I think. Uh, I think we've. I think we've gotten ourselves. We've tripped up enough times. That, yeah. Uh, yeah. We'll go ahead and wrap it good, up. Good so. luck editing this, Sean. Uh, <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> you're going to take a few things out. Nah. No editing. I just. Uh, I just 
plop it together and upload it. So that's going to do it for today. Again, that was a, a Trump and Chris Matthews. You want to see that entire debate, that entire town hall, you can just search Trump Chris Matthews on YouTube yeah. and you'll find uh, it was about eh, 15, 18 minutes yeah. of them pretty heatedly discussing uh, quite a few topics. Yeah. But that one was the one that, that I found where I said Chris Matthews really stood yeah. his ground and really said something that resonated with me. So, um, and then the book I was talking about, Freakonomics, you can find that on Amazon uh, by Dubner and Lev- Levitt. Yeah. Um, the, audible, the audible version is really good too. So, yeah, so it's yeah, a, it, it, it's a good book. It's not uh, it'll it'll make you angry reading some of it, but it, and it, the it's whole a book is not about that. That's just one no, chapter no, no. in it. Yeah, yeah, it's anyway. it's a it's a bunch of numbers and societal <laughs> things. So um, on behalf of Brian and uh, the whole Carperry team, I'd like to thank you for listening to Carperry Inside Out and uh, stay with us, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Have a great week, guys.